Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Thursday, June 13th, 2019. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me once again. What's up? Today we are going to bring you our tight end sleepers for 2019 as we continue as we continue our trek towards super teamdom. <laughs> yeah. And uh, giving you sleepers for the, the 2019 rules. season. You take all the sleepers in the first 3 rounds. Every then your one. team will be super. It's true. And you'll finally beat old Jimmy across the office with this smirk look and his five championship trophies. Five championship trophies. Oh, boy. Before we get into our uh, quick question, follow us on Twitter, at the FF Champs, on Instagram, at the Fantasy Champions. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. Subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. On YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Click the bell. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, too. That's a place you should subscribe as well. Uh, make sure you leave a review and uh, tell people, as many people as possible. I don't have a marketing campaign other than social media, so <laughs> share. Yeah. Um, so I have a quick question for you to sure. start the show. What is your favorite pick to have in fantasy football drafts? So you're you're sitting there and... You're you're randomizing your huh. your draft selection, yeah, and you want to pick the pick that you want. Okay, is this maybe maybe you're in a league, and they do. There was one league I saw. They do a competition for. They do a competition, and the winner of all these competitions gets, gets to pick gets to they, pick where they go. Yeah. Or if you're like the worst team in the league, you get to pick your selection, and then you just go back from there. Okay, so That's if you. If you had the opportunity to pick where you were going to select in a redraft okay. league snake draft, is this for this year? Any year, okay. Just the, this the pick right. that you would want. Which one would it be? Okay, so for any year and for this year, this year especially though, probably number four. Your spot, your sweet spot. <laughs> That's my spot. So number four, I'm drafting two this year. Frick. Number four, number five, number six, like that kind of range. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Um, you're not going to get bitten by not having a pick for twenty yeah. something picks. Mm-hmm. Get in the middle. You're always going to have a pick in the middle of each round, so that's yeah. going to help you out. Uh, for this year, for as an example, if you're picking four, I think that's just the perfect sweet spot because yep. you know Barkley's probably going to be off the board. Elliot's going to be off the board. But you're probably going to get Kamara or mm-hmm. McCaffrey. And if one of those guys are somehow off the board, that means Zeke or Barkley's falling to you at four. Oh, yeah. So you're yeah. going to get one of those elite running backs, and then you're going to come right back in the second round, and there's still going to be like Odell Beckham or some star receiver there in the second round. Yeah, yeah. So I think this year, and even in most years in general, you want the middle of the draft. This year in particular, I'm looking at number four. Yeah, I think... I think for me, most of the time it is. <laughs> is it number four? You have the same as me. Yeah, yeah, it's number four. <laughs> uh, four or five. Um, That's, I, yeah, the I middle, don't right? normally, for some reason, I don't normally pick at five. There's uh, there's never been a draft. You had like, like, yeah. And I do, I do like 
hundreds of mock drafts and I do all kinds of like I think I had 12 leagues last year and I for wow. some reason never landed the fifth pick and I bet you landed the fourth pick at least 10 times yeah there are people out there who like the turn pick too 101 or 110 I see I don't I I get why they do yeah because then you can get two I find really it, good players back so to back at 104 but. 105 or 106 it's you're obviously reducing the amount of picks that you have like if you're if you do one of those leagues where you you know you're lat you were last place the year before and you get to pick what pick you're going to get this year. Mm-hmm. If I was that guy, I would pick you know four or five probably. Um, you could always do it depending on whether you know what 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 your league was looking like at that particular moment. But obviously ADP changes, so you got to pick the best pick. I think the one with the least amount of switching that happens is probably five, I believe. Um, but like at one hundred four. You have nine picks until your next pick, and then when it flips, you do 11. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah, the least it's amount. Not, yeah. And when you're talking about not having that many picks in between what you're actually trying to attempt to do, it makes it easier. You get more players. Instead of having to wait 20 picks or 17 picks in the case of the second overall. Because yeah. then, the like, next let's guy. say you're picking, <clears throat> sadly, where I'm picking in our draft, which is 10th overall yeah. in a 10-team league. I'm going to get two very good players. No matter what it is, but I'm going to miss out on a juicy third round. Yep, that has a lot of good talent this year. Definitely, and I'm going to be sitting there with the runt of the litter in the mm-hmm. end of the third round, and then early fourth round. But I think you would rather have your guy in the first round. Mm-hmm. There's going to be good guys in the second round. There's plenty of good players still in the third round. Right. I'd rather get those three guys then get someone at the end end of the first, early second, and then pretty much miss out on the third round. Now, if we were talking about this year's draft in particular... Which is kind of what I'm there is, phrasing. Yes. For me, personally, this this year's draft, I would want uh, 107. And uh, that's a creepy... Really? It's a weird pick. But the why? reason why I want 107 is because every time I mock draft, you have... this is these are the, These are the class of running backs that you generally have at this pick. David Johnson, yep. Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley. You got guys like Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs. There's so many running backs in the first three or four rounds on the board. Like you could arguably go draft James Conner with 107 and then flip to the next round and get Todd Gurley. You could do that. You would have, and like that's crazy. And still go into the third round and get, you know, a decent wide receiver and a decent, you know, two decent wide receivers in a row. Like, so for me, I've been looking at that pick 106, 107 would be perfect for me for this year. Obviously, ADP changes. So that can yeah. change. This is why I'd probably take 104 or 105 regardless, because you get you get your, you know, tier one running back and then you can go into the next round and you still get away with getting your wide receiver and you can still get a good running back in the third right, round right. and so on and so forth. So I think 104 is probably the best pick that I would snag, but it gets it gets interesting when you're when you're talking about picking. And I, for me, like I hate the turn pick. You also with these mid round picks, you can actually like f- f- kind of follow along a little bit in terms of like if you have one ten, you have to ignore or one hundred one, you have to ignore all ADP and just get your guy. Yeah. Whereas like when the, when you're in the middle round, you kind of get to play the game. Okay, what what are what are the next nine picks going to look like? What are the next eleven picks going to look like? What what guys may come off the board? You can kind of play the draft game a little bit. Whereas at one ten, you're just hoping. Yeah, you're, you're just hoping crossing your, your fingers there. that your guy hope, is there. Yep. 
you know. And, and if it, he's not, you got You better have a plan B. Yeah, better have you a better have a plan, plan C. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very very difficult to draft at the turn pick, which is most of the time why the uh, <laughs> the last place team usually gets it. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's move into our tight end sleepers for 2019. Um, we are going to go over a lot of different tight ends um, through the entire show, and it's going to get interesting real fast. So I'll start off with a tight end that I have loved for quite some time. I know you don't have that same Uh-oh. affinity. I ranked him higher uh, oh, I know on my rankings. I ranked him higher on my rankings. So be prepared. You you moved him up. We're gonna get. I did. Of course, him up. I did. Jack Doyle. I have been truth in Jack Doyle as a sleeper for a while. Here's the thing: the snap share for Jack Doyle when he was on the field was yep. higher for him than Trey uh, Trey Burton, not Trey Burton. Eric, Eric Ebron. Ebron. I have been a hater of Eric Ebron for quite some time, but I absolutely, absolutely love. Is that why you're a hater of Eric Ebron? Because you um, just love Jack Doyle? Yes. No. <laughs> no, I think I think here's the thing is that for fantasy football, when you're looking at guys that succeeded the previous year, I think you have to look at efficiency. And so f- for me in particular, Eric Ebron was extremely efficient. He was one of the most efficient tight ends in the league. And when you talk about efficiency – there is always a regression when you have an over-efficient offense you know, or, or an over-efficient player. For example, you look at the Seattle Seahawks. Last year, the connection between Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, that was crazy. The amount that they only they only threw at 70. Yeah, he never got a lot of he targets. He had like 60 target. He had like 60 receptions on the entire year, but still came down with 10 touchdowns and almost 1,000 yards. When You're not going to do that again. A guy who's getting 60 targets does not catch 10 touchdowns. It's a similar situation to Eric Ebron. He gets less snap share in the offense. Now, that might change this year, but I don't think it will. He gets less snap share. He gets less target share. And I think, to me, when you look at Eric Ebron, he's going to be a guy that's going to regress in the touchdowns category. So you're not going to get that guy that finished in the top five, top four. You're going to get that guy who maybe finishes at 11 or 12 yeah. and then you're going to get a tight end that is maybe a streaming option and all these people drafting eric ebron within the first seven rounds are going to be saying oh what did i just do now on the flip side of it i think that if jack doyle can stay on the field and stay healthy he's the guy that can pick up the yards he's the guy that maybe can catch four maybe five touchdowns it's it, i mean it's going to be a low low ceiling for his <laughs> his touchdown output. But if he can put up the yards and he can get the touchdowns, I think he's a guy that people are sleeping on. He's a guy that starts as he's the starting tight end in the offense. He's mm-hmm. the guy that gets the most snaps. And I think that a lot of people have fallen asleep on into, to, you know, so to speak on, on Jack Doyle. And I think that people are looking at him going, uh, I'm, I don't like Jack Doyle because of this or that. But in the reality is that if he stays on the field, He's going to be a good tight end. And I also want to throw this statistic out really fast for you. The okay. reason why I have Jack Doyle so high in my rankings is because I projected him pretty highly. Okay. They throw it to the uh, – Andrew Luck throws it to the tight end position 22% of the time on average, which is I would say about 6% higher than the average of the league. So he's throwing it to the tight end a lot. And if Jack Doyle ends up being on the field for a majority of the time, Ebron's probably going to catch like – 
more. T- I, hope, I, I would expect him to catch more touchdowns than Jack Doyle because he's a red zone target. But I think that Jack Doyle is going to get a majority of the targets this year if he stays on the field and stays healthy. And he could be a good sleeper tight end. Oh, no. You done? A little bit. Okay. I I, I let you talk because I know how much you love Jack Doyle, but I think it's I time do. for you to let him go. I think it's time Never. for you to just Rose and Jack and Titanic. And just I will let, him, let go. him go. If if he sucks this year, I'll let him go. Okay. I promise. I'm gonna do I'm so, going down with the ship. Let's see. You brought up snap count. Um I don't think you're entirely wrong with that. Snap count could also mean running the ball though too. He could just be the better blocking tight end, which he is, which doesn't equivalent to anything in fantasy. Right. Um he as you said, you kept saying if healthy, that is a big if for Jack Doyle. He's right. never healthy Sleeper. at all. Sleeper. Yes, so, yes. Sleeper. Did I project him to finish in sleeper. the top ten? I'm not. Yes, you did. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not drafting Jack Doyle to be a starter and tight end for my fantasy team. He's he's just not. There's too many weapons on that team. Yeah, I think him and Ebron. There's a chance. Not, there's not that many weapons. They did add. Who did they add? Funches. They added Funches, and they drafted a guy too. And they have Ty Hill Paris and Marlon Mack. Love Paris Campbell and. And they also rookie wide receivers not taken away from who's my that boy tight end Jack to, Doyle. There's a third tight end. That has oh, emerged. Allie Cox, yeah, yep. That everybody's be, in love yeah, with. Yeah, he's going to stay on the bench. <laughs> he pro- he might, but you know what? He might be used too. And if that happens, they're using three tight ends. They're using three wide receivers. They're using running backs. Sure, Jack Doyle. Is, yeah, when Jack I think, Doyle breaks out, and I has think a Jack. Year. I <laughs> I think Jack Doyle's a good tight end. Yep. I do. Thank you. I don't think he's. Gonna be a top ten fancy tight end though. Stop! Don't crush my soul. I don't mean to, but yeah, no, I love I love Jack Doyle. I think people are sleeping on him. I really okay. do. I think I think they were burned by Jack Doyle and his injury proneness last year. They they were, and, and they saw Eric Ebron did fantasy wise. Yeah, and so I think I think people started sleeping on Jack Doyle. He's not even getting drafted at this point. So he's a guy I can, if I believe in, he's a guy I can safely say, all right, my last pick, my last positional pick, I'll take. You know, before you take kickers and defenses in the 14th and 15th round, in the 13th round you take a, a Jack Doyle or something like that. And so, like, yeah. like, like at that point, if you haven't drafted one of the top three tight ends, you're probably oh, yeah. streaming. You're probably streaming tight ends. You're either streaming tight ends. Or you're just taking the guy that you. So like the I most. like I like Jack Doyle. I, I really do. I think I think that if he ends up like, what if Eric Ebron gets hurt in the preseason or something? That changes it. Yeah, changes but as of today. Time. Yeah, then he gets drafted. Okay, I hope that don't happen. <laughs> um, who do you got for the next guy? You know who I got? Someone who I've been on all year. Oh, boy. And you have kind of been hesitant. At times you like him, at times you don't. It's the Hawk, baby. TJ Hawkinson. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. J- you know where just, I have him ranked? Where? 21. So you have him twenty one. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him twenty two. Yeah, that's why I say he's getting slept on. This guy was taken tenth overall as a tight end. They want to use him like Rob Gronkowski. Eighth was he eighth? Okay, you just <laughs> you take a tight end eighth overall, something like that. Yeah, you you're gonna use him just as much as any. You're gonna use him as you have the intention of using him in your offense, like Travis Kelsey. Whether he's going to work out, whether they're actually going to do that, 
who knows but you're willing to take a tight end that high in the draft teams weren't willing to take receivers that high and teams that usually do take receivers that high end up using them a lot julio jones uh odell beckham i think was 14th like typically you draft a quote-unquote weapon that high you're going you're going to use him there's not a ton of talent on this detroit lions team from a wide receiver standpoint kenny galloway is good call it day call it is that that was the guy you were talking about you're like there's one guy you say wrong yeah anyway <laughs> a slight uh Side sidetrack yeah, while yeah, i was yeah. ranting about my guy hawkinson um he's going to be I mean, he is currently getting slept on, I think, big time. Big time. So here's tight ends that are ranked ahead of him. Is it Mark Andrews, the, the tight end for Baltimore? Yep. And Hawkinson. Jimmy no, Graham, Hawkinson. Rudolph, Hawkinson. Olsen, Hawkinson. Jordan Reed, Hawkinson. Jack Doyle, TJ Hawkinson. And then you get to Austin Hooper and Delaney. I, I'd say I'd rank him ahead of Delaney Walker. There's, I, I think... He's going to be a top You've lost 12 fantasy tight end with top 10 fantasy tight end ceiling. So I don't like TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I actually do like TJ Hawkinson, but yes, not this do. year. My don't problem my is, is that, you know, you're, you're sitting there in your dynasty league. You stash him down. You, that's, oh, absolutely. A, that's like, a, you know, he was drafted like, I think av- on average, like 103, 104 in dynasty leagues. That's fine. Go ahead. Feel free. But like in 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 redraft leagues, it's hard. Like even my love of Noah Font, it is extremely hard for a tight end mm-hmm. to produce in their wide receivers have a hard time producing in their first year. Tight ends even have a harder time. And I understand that T.J. Hawkinson was a top ten selection in the NFL draft Eighth overall. It's, it's not to me. To me, I don't know if they're going to be able to utilize him effectively. I think he could finish as the tight end 15 or 16 and that's where i have them projected at right now but when you look at the detroit lions offense just looking at how they're they're i believe their um i believe their offensive coordinator is daryl bevel from the seattle seahawks but let me just confirm that okay um so yeah, Daryl Bevel from the Seahawks. He coached the Seahawks as, I believe, the offensive coordinator in 2016-2017, and then he didn't coach last year. Um, in his offenses, they throw the football about 18 to 20% of the time to the tight end position, which is which is a little bit higher. Um, the way they spread it out, just in, in how Matt Stafford has spread it out in the past, um, usually there's about 5% to the second tight end. So you could say 15% of the target share goes to uh, TJ Hawkinson. At, at that point, I just don't see him, at this point, as far as efficiency is concerned, coming out in year one and being able to produce at a high level. So the difference, though, there is they didn't have a tight end at his level, or at least that they viewed in his level, meaning they took him eighth overall. So they view him as a guy that they think can be their Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. So I don't maybe think if they had utilize it, him like that though. That's the thing is that everyone's going to get hyped up on Hawkinson. They're going to put him on their team. They're going to put him in the starting lineup, and then I'm he's going to get so, two see, fantasy see, points. No, no, no. One. This is this is where he's you're wrong, not Gronk. He's this is not. where you're wrong. Nobody's hyping him up. That's the problem. He's going 22nd. Because you we have all him 21st. Know. We all he's going know. undrafted in leagues. He should not be going undrafted in leagues. He should, go, he should be going undrafted. He's a rookie tight end. Who is drafted eighth overall and is 
going to be used. You know, I, you know what I, lo- I love. He wasn't even supposed football. to be the top ten tight end. Noah Font was supposed to be, according to you. <laughs> they just they just took the big white guy that could barely say words because they thought he was close to Gronk. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I love opportunity in fantasy football. Yes. I love opportunity. Oh, my foot fell asleep. He's going to have opportunity. I'm not saying he I should disagree. start in your fantasy league, but I'm saying he's getting slept on. I don't think so. I think he's where exactly where he should be. Exactly where he should be. You know how many touchdowns Gronk had his rookie year, by the way? Is, Who's his second is TJ round? Hawkinson Gronk? No, I'm not and saying is, that. Is, is the greatest quarterback of all time throwing him the football? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that either. But <laughs> Gronk also in 2010 had Randy Moss on his team and um, a guy named Aaron Hernandez and Wes Welker. Like there was talent around that team too. So there's not any talent really other than their one wide receiver who's decent. Galladay, Carryon Johnson. They got some good guys there. You just named two that are semi-decent. Matt Stafford's a good quarterback too. I I'm I'm liking him. Man. I just think so here's the thing with me is that for a guy like rookie running backs are the only thing that I take really in drafts. And the reason why the only reason why I take rookie running backs is because their share is their share. Like if you get given the yeah. ball on a like if you get if you get carries. Yeah, rookie running backs can produce. In you can you yeah, they can produce. And I think I think like if you get carries those mm-hmm. tra- those translate. You are solely responsible for your carries, whereas the quarterback is responsible for throwing you the football. So if Matt Stafford doesn't feel like he has a connection between him and T.J. Hawkinson, and they have a veteran, Jesse James, who's right behind him, who wasn't bad with Pittsburgh. So if there's a better connection that he has with another tight end, I think that T.J. Hawkinson could take a hit because of that. I just think it takes a while for a guy like TJ Hawkinson to break out. It, and I think the other thing is too, is that it's efficiency. I actually rated him pretty, pretty well in terms of efficiency. Um, I gave him 14 yards per reception and a, like a 5% touchdown rate on his receptions. So he's like, he's a guy that could have a really good season. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I think that this, here's what's Here's what'll happen, Rick. One of the guys I'm going to talk about a little bit later He's not as highly drafted as C.J. Hawkinson, but um, if you look at if you look at what Hawk is going to do, I think that he's going to have a bad year this year, and people are going to be like, "Oh, well, that was disappointing," and then they're going to forget about him, and then next year that could very well He's going to rise up. He'll be he's more of a like this year. I would consider him a deep sleeper. Like he's a guy that could have a really good fantasy season. He could have a Gronk like season, but Gronk doesn't float around every once in a while. And there are top no, ten guys not. that no, like. No. I honestly think it was a mistake for the Detroit Lions to draft T.J. Hawkinson in the top probably. 10. And, probably and Noah Font to a lot of people, not just myself, was the most talented pass catching running uh, tight end in the class, and so. To me, I don't understand why Hawkinson was drafted at that point. Um, he rose up after after uh, um, what what is it called the combine? I know and why he was drafted at that point though too. The Lions believed in him, and the Lions because he's tall. The Lions, white, okay, and a that's fine. But the Lions <laughs> think he's Gronk, okay. right? All right, yeah. But here's so the thing: means- is that the the so 
The head coach is Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator, yep. right? The offensive coordinator is from Seattle. He's not from New England. Did Seattle ever have a good tight end? Jimmy Graham. When, 2016 when did... and 2017, Jimmy Graham played with the Seattle Seahawks, and that was when Daryl Bevel was the, was, was the offense. So I think that's a reasonable comparison to what mm. you have. <laughs> Jimmy Gra- Jimmy Graham's. I understand best days he wasn't. It, yes, they were with another team, but the Saints. But I don't. I I, I totally agree with you there. But, but in 2016 and 2017, that was supposed to be. He was supposed to be good. With they Seattle. did. They. You know what they did use. Well, what him. does that show you? Is that they brought in Jimmy Graham and they utilized him a little bit, but he wasn't utilized the way that he no, should have so been utilized. So that is not a good thing. If you for remember? TJ if you remember Jimmy Graham. With the Seahawks, they actually about did Hawk for way too yeah. long. I'll just say, I'll just end it on this. They did okay. use Jimmy Graham. He just failed. Like there was a lot of one. They used him like um, for a fade route a lot in that offense. I remember because I had yeah. a Seahawks fantasy player, so for some reason I watched a ton of Seahawks football. <laughs> they did try to get Jimmy Graham the ball. Yeah, he just couldn't convert. Right. I. <sighs> I can't talk about it anymore, but yeah, I just don't think Hawkinson. I think that they don't. I think that Daryl Bevel and his offenses didn't know how to utilize tight ends efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so, if they, it doesn't. It's, to me, yeah, he might have some opportunity, but if they don't know how to utilize him efficiently, he's not going to be efficient. So, I think he's going to have a good season. I think he'll finish in the top fifteen of tight ends, top sixteen. Um, but outside there's, of that, there's they, honestly a chance he'll finish lower. But, but like, who was the top? Who was the fifteenth tight end last nobody. year? But no one remembers. But again, he could finish lower. Yeah. But the chances of him finishing higher, I think, are higher. <laughs> Let's <laughs> that move makes on. Sense. Let's move on to people the, are sleeping. Uh, yeah, people are sleeping. I love this guy, Mike Gaisecki. Now some people are like, "Who's this?" Oh, boy. He's my twenty-fifth ranked tight end. Oh boy. <laughs> This is what we call I put him a sleeper. In the, I put him in the tier six. He's not even going to get oh, drafted. Oh, gosh. Love no, he's, it. he's not only not going to get drafted, but there's going to be 10 tight ends ranked ahead of him that so, also won't yeah, get drafted. Yeah. <laughs> so I like Mike Gaisecki, and I'll explain to you why. Please do. So he's, on, he's in – this is the complete opposite flip side of what I had this conversation with you about just a second ago. The new off defensive coordinator – I mean, the Duke head coach – of the Miami Dolphins is the defensive coordinator from the New England Patriots or defensive play caller, yep. as they like to call him. He was essentially the defensive he coordinator. Was essentially the defensive coordinator. He is now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Now, a lot of you are like, oh, he's not going to trend. I like, he said the exact same thing. So, you know, Matt Patricia is not transi- transitioning in offense. What he brought with him was Chad O'Shea. Who was a who was a coordinate not a coordinator but he was a I think it was a wide receiver coach or a running back coach for the New England Patriots I believe it was wide receiver coach, so he is now the offensive coordinator and play caller for the Miami Dolphins. So if you came up in that Patriots system, yeah, and you were trained to do the things that the Patriots did, you utilize talent in certain ways. Okay, Mike Gisecki. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Gasicki? Just take a guess. Take a guess. I'll call you Mike. He's 6'6", 247 pounds. Who does that remind you of? And he's he's white, too. Uh, the Big Show. Yeah. <laughs> the Big Show. 6'6", <laughs> 247. Um, he's big. He's also athletic. He had a 95th percentile 40-yard dash. 
a 95th percentile speed score, a 99th percentile burst score, a 99th percentile agility score, and a 100th percentile catch radius. His freaking true catch rate, according to playerprofiler.com, was 91.7%, which means he his real catch rate was 68%, but yeah. that means that almost 20% of the passes getting thrown his way were just sucky butt passes that he couldn't catch. So okay. Mike Gisecki in this offense, now getting you know passes thrown to him by Ryan Fitzpatrick, who does like his tight ends, in an offense that is Josh, run by Chad Josh O'Shea, Rosen. who likes to throw to tight ends, or Josh, they're saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick's winning the job right now. I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, boy. But anyway, yeah, that's going to switch nine times. But I think Mike Gisecki could reasonably finish with – 80 to 90 targets and if he converts those targets in you know at a high efficiency i think the guy could could have a very very good season i don't want to put any numbers on it but i think he could have a very good season i think people are sleeping on this guy they don't yep. even know who, 90% of the people I have who, no idea who he is yeah don't know who he is but he was a second round draft pick as well last year so it's like this is one of those forgotten about guys that had basically 20 receptions and 220 yards last year yeah, and he was he did nothing in a terrible offense that was run by Adam so, Gase. But to me, I think with the Chad O'Shea Patriots trained offense, that he's the same style. He's athletic. He's the same height and weight as Rob Gronkowski, just about. And it's like if you have a guy similar to that, I think Chad O'Shea is going to look at him and see Gronk and utilize him in that way. Man, we love comparing young tight ends to Gronk. Yeah, it we? sucks. Too bad he's not. I'm not saying. Anymore. I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna be Gronk. I'm just. I know, saying they'll I, utilize him similar to how I they utilize you. Gronk. Um, I still have him ranked 25th. So yeah. So <laughs> you do have him ranked 25th. Yeah, I do. I, so people, I think he's a sleeper. Okay, here we like, go. I would draft this, him on my this team. Is what else. You would. You would draft yeah, him. Yeah, probably. You would draft him. Yeah, like if Jack Doyle was taken. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to draft every tight end so I can have everyone that you don't take. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> No, so dude, I if you go, I'm gonna go as deep as possible on tight ends because maybe I'll hit, <laughs> or you'll just miss. This on could every be the next. One. This, this could this could be the next. I can't even say it. The next chump who George stayed Kittle. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I do like him. Though. So yeah, I think people people probably are sleeping on him. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's huge. So he, uh, the, uh, the catch radius one is the one that really caught me. Is that. He's he he's has he's his arm length is thirty four inches, which is eighty first percentile, and the uh, the hundredth percentile catch rate is. You sound like you sound like a scout the combine that just watches the combine like D- DK Metcalf, and then and then they watch him in a game. He is taking an increase. Like uh, he was oh. getting picked one eighty seven. Now he's getting picked one seventy seven. Whoa! Here we go, <laughs> moving up the boards. Yeah, I think people are sleeping. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Are you mocking me right now? No, 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 no. People, people are sleeping on this guy. You're right. People don't know who he is. If if this, um, if I, so if I think I, he if, should be moved up. Okay, I, I think I was gonna say if if I draft this guy and he goes off, people I'll come back to this episode. People are sleeping on this guy. Right? He he shouldn't be 25. Yeah, you're right. You've convinced me. He should be 24. <laughs> I almost thought I had you for real. You do a little I think, bit. I think, you, you're making a valid point. I just, the, I think he's talented. The, the, I just, I, I, I do agree with you. Like he's, he's a sleeper in the context that there's probably a better chance that he sucks 
<laughs> than there is that he's good. Well, but even if he's good, I look at the what, variables. Like, what is his ceiling? I look at the for variables. this year. For this year, with I, I Ryan know. Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball, streaming option. Okay. I, I don't think he's. I mean, there's always a chance for everyone to have a massive breakout year. Um, and I don't know if that's that's gonna be. <laughs> but like. Last year, there's always a chance for yeah. uh, anybody to have a breakout year. Let me give you, and I, I do want to say this right now. I, I, the, oh boy, tight ends are. This is literally you could argue about tight ends all day, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's true because literally from after three all the way down, everyone's like, equal. "Oh yeah, it's a complete like just crap." Yeah. Shit. So George Kittle was drafted in the fifth round. Um, he was drafted in the fifth round. Of the NFL draft. Of the NFL draft okay. in 2017. I believe that was the year he was drafted. So in his first year, he had 63 targets. Uh, he had four, 515 receiving yards and uh, how many touchdowns? Two total touchdowns. So that is like a bad season for a tight end. I mean, Fantasy-wise. Yeah, that, that, what is that? Like at 70? No, that's like 65, 70 uh, fantasy points. Yeah, some, PPR. some that range. He had 43 receptions in 2017. Um, so... He did pretty well in his first year. Like they utilized him, but I think he was just off people's radar because. Mm-hmm. Well, who was their quarterback too? I don't remember. That was that's what I was going to say is that because they didn't have a quarterback yeah. at the time. So for a guy like George Kittle, who has the similar has a similar uh, similar workout metrics as Mike Isecki does. Yeah. Um, when I look at him. He had a okay first year where Gaiseki wasn't even used really in the passing game. Um, George Kittle had an okay first year, and then his second year when everyone was like, you know, we probably could have the same conversation last year around you know June, and you're, somebody was talking about George Kittle, and they're like, oh, I like George Kittle. George <laughs> Kittle had a decent year last year. He has all these great metrics, and then you know, and then he broke out, and everyone was like, okay, because um, he was getting drafted, freaking undrafted. Yeah, right? he was basically going undrafted last year. So for me. That could be Mike Gaisecki. You don't have a breakout tight end like George Kittle every year. So, you know, you try your best to predict which one is it's going to happen to. And for me, I think if you got that new offense, you got an offense in Chad O'Shea that likes to utilize tight ends, you have a young second-round pick tight end in, in Mike Gaisecki. If he can start to show himself in training camp and in practices mm-hmm. and be that number one guy, I think he could actually have a really decent year. And, and to pile that on, Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to throw to tight ends, and we already know that with uh, Cameron Breit. So if he can have that connection, we could actually have something decent here. But it is a deep it's a deep sleeper in the context of the guy's probably going to bust out. <laughs> not even well, bust. Even he's, he's probably not going to be good. That's well, Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll give you. All right. I'm not drafting this guy in any league at all. <laughs> In existence. Yep. But I'll keep an eye on I an eye on him for the waiver wire. Yeah. Potential definitely. he's one of those guys that could be like those random week one guys that just go off and then are just good the rest of the season. He could be one of those yeah. guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh we're gonna do two more. Okay. Who do you got next? I'm gonna do someone we both agree with. For <laughs> one. So we don't sit here and So which is other. which is the first one I think so far. Austin Hooper. Hoop, the hoop, there the hoopster, the and no, we're not talking hoop, about basketball player. He's actually a football player oh, for the flip. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, He's actually a football. <laughs> so Austin Hooper is a guy who is very talented. He's improved each season he's been in the league, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of him. And I know you're a fan of him. Oh, of course, I, I think am. people are sleeping on him a little bit. I think let's see, 
I'm going to pull it up. I think he was going, like, he's 13th ranked in uh, Fantasy Pro. I think he's the 8th round right now. Oh, is he really? Hold on a second. So he's moving up then. That's in uh, that's in best ball leagues. <laughs> so Sorry. Uh, 14th round in redraft. Okay, so wonderful. So this guy's going in the 4th round. Wonderful. 14th round. Yeah. So essentially undrafted in a lot of leagues. So here's a guy who, like, we've talked about after those first three guys, it's wide open. Yeah. I think Austin Hooper has as good a chance of anybody to slide into like the fifth or sixth spot at that tight end position. Mm-hmm. He scores a lot of touchdowns, and he is going to be huge in that offense. Again, he's been better every year. He's another year older. It's another year of development with Matt Ryan. You're shaking your head, so I'm no, getting... No, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I just looked at Gronk's measurables to, oh. make, to line them up with Mike. We're still back on the... <laughs> <laughs> wow! I might be the biggest Mike Gisecki fan. You might be. I I might be. Like I, you gotta I'm like gonna, call him and be like, Dude. I'm gonna like friggin' I'm gonna I'm gonna get him on the show. Yeah, that it's that <laughs> level of love. If Continue. he gets on the show, I'm gonna just sit back. I'm not gonna say. You're gonna word. let me just. I'll say I'll say time. hi and then just like move the mic oh away from God. my face and let you talk. What were you saying about Austin? I don't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> there he is, Hoop. We sleeping on him. Yeah, I th- I don't think there's like Hooper is. I think I was just saying like he's very underrated right now. He's a guy who yeah. I think where did he finish last year? He finished. Let me just wasn't it top ten? Pull up the statistics. I don't think so. Oh, it wasn't. I don't think so. It was very close though. Uh, seven. Yeah, top yep. ten. He was so he was the seventh <laughs> ranked tight end last year. He got. Oh my God. He's getting better each year. Yeah. And he's all of a sudden going undrafted. So, Why? so it, basically, if you wanted to take the statistics from last year, and I'm looking at standard, I should switch it to half PPR just to fix the numbers a little bit. But yeah, Hooper was number six in half PPR. Even better. Um, so when you look at the numbers, right, and I'm going to break it down into tiers. Tier one was Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. Tier two... Yep. Actually, you know what? Tier one was Travis Kelsey. Tier two was Zach Ertz and George Kittle. And then tier... Th- uh, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, and Eric Ebron, and then Tier 3 was a drop-off. After number 4, you had 189 fantasy points. The next best guy was Jared Cook with 159. That's a 30-point difference, whereas everyone else was about a 20-point difference. So to me, when you look at that drop-off, and then from 5, there's another drop-off. So from 5 to 6, 159, Austin Hooper 6, 127. So do you think he can jump into that 160, 170 fantasy point conversation and finish in the top 4 or 5? Nah, I don't know. I do think sure. people are sleeping on him because when you do yeah. look at these half PPR points, it is it's it's very I'm very sure. it's very very surprising that a top 10 tight end in an offense that's going to pass it as much as so he had as 127 last year 127 and half PPR um, a guy that's going to a guy that's going to be in an offense now Dirk Cutter by the way people forget this but Dirk Cutter the guy who was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers off uh, head coach last year is now the offensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons you need to keep that in mind poor Devontae how Freeman. much yeah, Devonta Freeman, GG. Um, he kills running backs, by the way. I don't want to talk about that right now. We'll do that on the bust show. But <laughs> he kills running backs, that guy. Uh, but anyway, he's going to pass it a mm-hmm. lot. And so I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't broken down the statistics of how much he throws. Well, I guess we could look at last year. O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, how much did they throw at the tight end position last year? A lot. They and did so, a lot. Like, yeah. uh, like Cameron Brait, uh, he, was, he finished... O.J. Howard finished 13, and then Cameron Breit finished 19. So they had two tight ends in the top 20. 
Um, so Hooper could be a guy. And I think O.J. Howard played like half the year. He could be a guy like that. that you're getting in the 14th, 13th, 14th round that could make that leap into the top five, yeah. into the top four. And that's a reasonable player. Like when you look at when you look at the year before, and we were just talking about George, you know, George Kittle and where he finished the year before before he got drafted. You know what I mean? And he wasn't a, a great tight end. You know what I mean? He finished with eighty five fantasy points the year before, um, which is a, a tight end twenty finish in twenty seventeen. Yeah, you have Austin Hooper, who is in a better situation, who was a, finished as the number six tight end. Um, and is sitting here with a perfect situation where he can leap himself up into like the top four. Do you think that fourteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth round pick can turn into George Kittle? That's the question that I think really yeah. needs to be asked. But and even, I think the value uh, to me, the value for Austin Hooper is is through so the roof. Even if he doesn't take that next getting, step, you're still he's the exact it. same yeah. as what he was last year, right? And you're taking the sixth or seventh ranked tight end in round fourteen. Yeah, that's pretty good. No, it's very good. Um, well, let's just throw because uh, number five on the list, we'll throw, we'll throw the guy in the conversation because he finished right next to Austin Hooper, Trey Burton. Um, he's one of our sleepers and he's one of my sleepers. I think he's one of your sleepers. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah Trey did. Burton. Can you look up where he's going right now? Uh, doo, doo, doo. 10th round. Okay. Half, so well, 12 team, 10th round, uh, in a 10 team league, he's going 12th round. So, okay. So, Trey Burton finished seven. Did he? With 120 fantasy points. Seven fantasy points behind Austin Hooper. So he's another guy that you can look at that. My question is, so when I look at these two guys, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, you, get, you have, you know, you're sitting there in the 12th round, right? And you want to use your 12th round pick on a tight end. That's what you've been planning on doing all year. Correct. And, uh, and you have Austin Hooper and Trey Burton at your pick. Which guy are you taking? Uh, it's close, but Austin Hooper. So for me, I would definitely take Austin Hooper. And the reason why I say that is because I feel as though, like the, like I said, Atlanta's going to throw the football a crap ton. Yeah. And so I feel like Austin Hooper is going to jump into that conversation, but you also have Trey Burton who could be really good. I do think that the, the bears, uh, passing offense was a little bit over efficient last year and there will be a little bit of a regression. Um, but Trey Burton was probably their best pass catcher in that entire offense i mean they have a lot of good players but they never like stand out yeah um trey burton was probably the the biggest guy to stand out in that offense um and i do think people are you know austin hooper people are sleeping on him people are sleeping on trey burton they're looking at trey burton and they're saying oh he will he didn't a lot of these guys these young you know like jared cook old as old as dirt <laughs> delaney walker he's, yeah he's delaney walker kyle rudolph's a little bit on the older side but it's like now you got guys who finish like nine David Njoku, Vance McDonald's a little bit. People really like him right now. I, I don't really understand the hype, but you have David Njoku finished nine. He's a guy that you know. He's actually falling into eleventh or twelfth round now, and yeah. he's a guy that could be really good. Trey Burton, Austin Hooper could be really good, and you're going to have guys like Eric Ebron, probably Jared Cook fall out of the conversation. Kyle Rudolph might go up a little bit or down. I don't know, but it's like you're going to have some of these guys have an opportunity. Like Austin Hooper and Trey Burton are going to have an opportunity to jump ahead of Eric Ebron and Jared Cook. Yeah. And if they do do that, then you're getting extreme value in late rounds. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, there's even guys like, like I know Fantasy Pros has them ranked a little lower, but there's, there's, there are a few drafts where Greg Olson is going very high. Old man, though. And that, well, that's what I'm saying. Like a guy like him, too. 
And you're like the guys we just talked about, Austin Hooper and Trey Burton, went uh, finished uh, sixth yeah. and seventh last year in half PPR, and all of a sudden people mm-hmm. just throwing them out the window. Right. It's like they're going to have, I think, the same season as they did last year mm-hmm. with, with a chance of being yeah. better. Like yeah, I, so. for me, and this is my one concern with Trey Burton is that he sits even. Like I think that he there's a real possibility that he could maybe only even see like a ten fantasy point increase. Yeah, from the previous I year. Yeah, Austin Hooper is the one guy that I feel like <sighs> could see improvement, and I think I, I just, think he can get better too. But I, I don't. I think it's just to me, it's sheer volume. It's it's the fact that he's coming into an offense where he already had 88 targets, and I could reasonably see him getting around 100 this year. I, and that that that's only in this offense the amount that they throw it. Believe it or not, 88 targets is only 14 percent of the passing, like the target share. I think you could up that to 16% and reasonably see him hit 100 targets and put up really, really good numbers. I mean, he converts at – he had 88 targets, 71 receptions. It's pretty good. 660 yards and nine red zone – I mean, uh, four touchdowns. He gets targeted 17% in the red zone, and he had nine red zone receptions out of those 71 receptions, which is like almost 10% of that. So – for me, I think he will see improvement. I think if he catches more touchdowns, you know, he's as good as gold. Yeah. Um, and I think he could finish in the top 10, but, or higher than where he was last year, which was six. I think he could finish four or five. But see, I don't, I don't think he he's, can take a, an insane leap or jump into the he's top four. He's not going to get into the top three. Or top three. It's not hard to get in the top four. He might get, yeah, he might get fourth. He might get fourth. You're right. Because you but, still got Evan Engram and Hunter Henry to deal with, too, because they didn't play much last year at all. I'm not. I would honestly. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Hooper finished above those guys. Me neither. I think Evan Ingram might. I'm kind of higher on him, but but yeah. I mean, just the reason I don't know if he can yeah. take a massive leap is just because the amount of weapons. Right. And, and even if they throw the ball a lot more this year, like you were saying, I think that just means more targets for Calvin Ridley, more targets for Julio Jones. More targets for Hamilton New, and yeah, maybe a few yeah. more targets for Austin Hooper, but how many? Right. So, I mean, I still like him. Hoop, and, there it is. And considering he's going in the fourteenth round, I have him ranked. Are sleeping? I I have him ranked nine, no eight. So, we will see uh, how Austin Hooper's season breaks down. Um, there are a couple more sleepers that we had, but we weren't able to get to him. I know you had Jordan Reed. Um, I have Noah Font. Uh, so, I mean, honest to God, like after, after the top three, you've really, it's a total crap crap shoot and you could totally like, there are some good tight ends, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, like I mentioned, uh, David and Joku guys that should finish in the top, top six or seven. Yeah. But you just don't know if that's going to happen. And so it's like, for me, when you're talking about the late rounds, there are some guys reasonable. Like, I'm definitely going to take a look at Austin Hooper and Trey Burton as we stat searched live on the show. Uh, <laughs> you know, you start, to, you start to like certain guys, but you have to figure out, are those guys going to get targeted? I think Trey Burton could be a guy that falls down the list a little bit, and people go, oh, well, yeah. I drafted him. And then, like, I don't know if that's possible for Austin Hooper just because of the, the, the target share that he'll probably have uh, this year. So, um Overall, it's it's kind of a crapshoot to <laughs> pick a tight end. Like if you hit on a tight end, there's you can brag all day. Yeah. <laughs> if you tell pretty much message us on Twitter and tell us what tight end you want. <laughs> yeah. And if you hit on them, yeah, 
that that'll. Be I great. mean, for all we know, the tight end that's going off this year is uh, like Kyle Rudolph. Like we, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, that'll do it for the tight end sleepers for 2019. Be sure to listen next week as we talk about the wide receiver sleepers and the running back sleepers. Um, it's going to get crazy. Those are the positions that you really have to look at because those make the decision on whether or not your team is a success in 2019. Um, you got any closing thoughts for us, boss? Dude, you sleeping on the hawk. Uh, always. I'll stay very much asleep on the hawk. I'll make sure to tweet you when he does good this year. See you Tuesday, Fantasy Champs. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.